Hello and welcome to How to Stay Married So Far. Um, today's podcast is going to be a bit of a surprise because for me, because a couple of weeks ago Mark sent me an article and said, oh, this is really interesting, this would make a great podcast. And I said, yes, having read the title, but didn't actually get to read the article. So it's all going to be revealed to me as at the same time as it's revealed to you. But can I just say, if you're listening on iTunes, please like or Give us five stars if you really like us. Leave comments, because we often um, photo, uh, screenshot those comments and put them on our Instagram account, because uh, uh, it's always quite revealing and interesting. And subscribe. Um, we are, we are apparently, we are, genre-wise, we are considered a sexuality are we? Uh, podcast. Yeah, so it's funny, whenever I look at where we are in the charts, and it's always a thrill when we go up them, uh, we tend to sit alongside things like Orgasmatron, oh, um, how to make your partner happy in bed, all that sort of stuff. And then, and then there's a couple of relationship ones. So I, I tend to sort of look in a kind of slightly foristic fashion at the other ones. Sometimes I have a little bit of a listen to Anyway, no, no, the reason I sent this, and I did send this about 10 days ago, five days ago, what are we now? Yeah, it was sort of like almost just over two weeks into January. And I was just drawn to the idea that, you know, lots of chat is about New Year's resolutions. Um, we had a lovely time in Cornwall. Uh, we were both making a real effort, I thought, with um, not with being overly, what's the word, when you're soppy and all of that. It was, it was just a natural effort because we weren't, you know, being buffeted by the demands of life, the kids, worries, fears, and boy, you know, just in the first 10 days of the year, has it been eventful? Um... And I was sort of thinking of us both kindly because I was thinking, oh, it was such a nice time because we were making time for ourselves. We were looking after ourselves and in the looking after ourselves, we were able to see each other, I thought, in a nice way. And it's interesting how quickly I think and I think maybe perhaps a lot of couples who have, you know, we often talk about relationship stuff on this and talk about it in terms of holding it together, keeping the ship tight, making sure you maintain. Whereas actually, you know, we never really that doesn't really acknowledge the fact that there's, you know, 70 percent of partnerships are not perfect but are great and there are times where they drift apart and they drift closer and it's just about managing that so it's not always about sort of preventing disaster mm. do you know what I mean I think there's a tendency not, around not sort of uh, firefighting yeah exactly and I think there's a tendency around a lot of self-help stuff or these chats or these kind of podcasts you know about how to rectify bad is situations is that not because people mostly look for something when things are going wrong yeah, but things can be going wrong in a very low-key level and it's no one's fault and it's not about fault. So, for example, you know, I think since we've been back, we haven't been as tied in work. You know, we've, got, we've been busy with work, we've been busy with concerns and worries with the children. You know, I've had issues and things to do with other parts of my family and what have you. And so I actually looked up only the day before yesterday and I thought, bloody hell, hang on a minute, this is how the year's going to run away again if we're not careful. Um, and that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that we need to be sort of sitting there looking, gazing into each other's eyes, because I do think it led me to think about the honeymoon period and how does one maintain the spark and how does one maintain that intensity? And what was refreshing and encouraging at Christmas or in the new year mainly in Cornwall was that it, it's still there. When one stops and looks towards it, it's still there, which is an encouragement. I mean, I don't know what we'd, we'd do if we looked at each other and went, I don't really fancy you, I don't really feel anything for you and all that kind of stuff. But on that note, so I was drawn to this article, and I think this article landed probably because lots of people are looking at ways to maintain that sort of, not honeymoon period, but the spark or the sort of consciousness. You know, we can talk about mindfulness about ourselves. We can talk about selfish mindfulness. In fact, everyone talks about selfish mindfulness all the time. You know, what I need to do for me, what, yeah, yeah, get all of that. 
but what can we be doing for ourselves? And this struck me as a really curious way of looking after yourself whilst indirectly looking after the relationship. And I don't know if you remember years ago, uh, we run a production company where we develop ideas and we, we hit upon a format for a show that, that gained traction, but again, like the many, 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 the biggest pile of programmes that's most interesting, those programmes that were never made. And this was one of them, which was called Separate to Stay Together. Mm. Simple premise being, if your relationship's in crisis, perhaps stay together, but don't live together. And we've talked before, I think, about sleeping in different rooms and how that might bring a certain frisson back into the relationship. And this is an article about why more couples are choosing to live apart. And I thought it was a curious one because, you know, at first you can sort of think, well, you know, if you're not living together, that's the first sign of it not working. And I thought, well, let's unpack that. Why do we assume... But is this article talking about starting off a marriage like that? Or it's talking about all marriages. It's talking about marriages right. at different points. In the, so it's, it, not, it's not a fashion for people deciding to get married and live separately? Right it's not a fashion, but there is an increasing tendency of people mm. being in relationships. So it doesn't unpack what category of relationship right. it okay. is, but it just says there's a larger prevalence of people who are finding themselves mm. in a situation where they're in love, in a monogamous relationship, or a, a relationship they want to be monogamous, and they don't live under the same roof. It could be financial reasons, it could be the loss of a partner, it could be drinking, it could be abuse, it could be financial reasons. There's a whole yeah. range of different reasons. Um, and I just thought it'd be something to be interesting to talk about, how we think our relationship would be if we didn't live together. Why do we assume that living together is the be-all and end-all? Why, you know, because it's a hangover from marriage and the finance and the home finances and living under one roof and raising a family. You know, are there other ways to skin a rabbit? We've spoken before, haven't we, about the way that we live. Yeah. And we know it's not really... If we could live a different way now, we probably would. Um, we've got a lovely home that uh, we're very, very, very blessed to have. Mm. And, you know... And in we've in many, worked hard for. Yeah, and in many ways, um, it's great because we're always all together and whatever's happening over there is happening over there. Mm. But... I think this open way of living, which is very much the norm for a lot of people now, mm. you know, people are what, you know, a lot of people in this country, we do tend to build our houses smaller and smaller rooms and people mm. very much want that. We're very influenced by America, aren't we? And everybody's mm. wanting that big space that the Americans have. And, and we, we did this because we were in very small rooms. I mean, mm. this house was half the size, this downstairs, mm. wasn't it? Um, and ever since we have had this open plan living, I think it has been, to a certain degree, detrimental to all of the family as a relationship because... Mm. That's the dog making it that's a ludicrous amount of noise in the background, sorry. Um, and... Detrimental yes, to the family. detrimental to the family. And I think that's because we need, as humans, space to just do our thing. Mm. I mean, it's just the norm. Mm. And so, probably if you'd talked to me about this article before that, I would probably go, no. oh, how odd. But more and more, I'm thinking, oh, could I have a shed in the garden? Mm. Could I have a this? Could I have a that? Because to have that space is not only important for the individual, but also for, for a relationship. Mm. Mm. So, um, I get it, I get it. It's funny, because whenever this comes up uh, at, at Loose Women, when we have this topic, might come up and we talk about Loose Women is the show for our American listeners. Yeah, that, that I'm on. It's a bit like The View. Um, and we discuss this. 
so many of the women will go, well, actually, I'd love that. I, I, I couldn't say it because it would really upset X, Y, Z. Mm. And I always say, isn't that funny that you're saying that and saying it would upset your partner? Maybe your partner is saying exactly the same thing and not wanting you to hear it. And it doesn't mean that they don't like them or that they don't love them or that they don't... I just think life is so busy. Kids, jobs, friends, parents, relationship. That I think people, when they're first asked the question, crave for that. But when you when I actually think of the the minute detail of it, surely that would start to break down a relationship. I mean, do you come home and say we lived, you know, a couple of doors down, Helen Bonham Carter and um, what's his name? What's the director's name? Tim Burton. Tim Burton famously did it for years, didn't they? Lived yeah. next door to each other. A relationship. No, relationship. Um, would you would you just not naturally because everybody gets lazy in some way or another in the relationship? Wouldn't you just start doing less and less and less together? Well, I mean, my analogy. You just go, oh yeah, well, yeah. I'm just going to eat here tonight. Do you mind? I'm not going to come over. Well, Isn't part of a relationship having the difficult times of being in each other's space all the time? Well, it is. And it trying is. to work through it. It is. And, and yet, and funnily enough, I was thinking about this in contrast to where we were at in Cornwall. We were in the tiniest fisherman's cottage, constrained within the tiniest but space. But only for a week. No, no, exactly. It was only for a week. Now, another analogy, and we have talked about this on, on another podcast, is I think you're right. I do think, I think self, I don't mean selfish as in selfish and, and wrong. Selfish in a good I way. I mean selfish as in self-hyphen-ish. Self, mm. uh, you know, orientated around the self. I think what I find with most of the people I know who live on their own is they struggle to compromise with anyone when it comes to being in mm. other people's space. It doesn't mean they're not kind people, but just their, their internal body clock and rhythm, mm. and they're catering for themselves yeah. most of the time. They don't have to think of others. It's a little yeah. bit, I, I, I assume it's why people talk so pejoratively and negatively about only children, spoil and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I do think that, that bad habits would form. So I, you know, I entertain this seriously because I thought, well, there, there was an analogy where we've struggled, say, with snoring or sleeping arrangements or, you know, when, when Kiki was younger and what have you. And there've been protracted periods of time where <laughs> Maddie said the other day she slept in every room in the house, including the bath. I have, apart from the bath, and including, as have you, around the kids, but, you know, including in the hall and what have you. And there are those periods of time where you can lock yourself into thinking, and I have done it frequently, where I know you're getting up early and perhaps I'm watching something late and I'm, I go to bed, I just think, oh, I'll just sleep in the other room. And you do it as a shorthand, but that does, I think, corrode a sort of an intimacy or uh, a thinking that one needs to make the effort or a thinking about how one should be catering for the other person. I think you're right. I think this open planness, you can go, you know, it's about finding a balance. It's finding a balance between, you know, your own private world, your own private space. I do think private space is important. I, mean, I know it's funny because there's, a, I know I've got my room in there and I've, I've commandeered that area there. And because there's shit in the room next door to Maddie's, it's felt that I have all this space. But because those rooms like your dressing room are so chaotic and uninviting... We, me and you find ourselves in this shared space, kind of like a cat on a hot tin roof, wishing we had our own space. Um, and then at the same time, I think to myself, but would there be that thing that if we lived separately, because we love each other, we would be thinking, oh, I miss her, or oh, I miss him, and oh, you know, where we wouldn't think to suggest to see a film together because we're just together all the time and we talk about films all the time. If we were out away from each other, we'd be like, oh, it might be quite nice to call Mark up and go and see a film. I mean, apparently 10% of relationships... I think on paper. Yeah, yeah, on paper. Absolutely on paper. 
totally. If it's first thought, brilliant. Yeah, we'll just live down the road. We don't have to irritate each other. Mm. We can go on dates. We can go back to being what it was like before we got married on paper. But human beings just aren't like that. I think that, I mean, I suppose if one, say we were to say, oh, look, next door's popped up. You know, now thinking in totally insane hypotheticals. Let's buy the house next door and, 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 and live separately from each other. Yeah. I think for to ensure that it was a, a positive thing, one would have to put rules and regulations in place where you say, well, we've got to eat at least five times a week together. Mm. We've got to do... Because it's just easy. People are lazy. It's not that one doesn't want to be with one's partner or one wouldn't, you know, miss them. But it's very, very easy to mm. be knackered at the end of the day and go, oh, I'll just see you tomorrow. And that could be very corrosive. I agree. I, I think... just don't think it's a marriage. I think a marriage is about having all this shit as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, it's very, very spoiled. It's kind of like, well, I, was gonna say, I want is it more everything. About... Exactly. I want to be married and I want all of that, but I also want all the freedom and I want to be able to do what the fuck I like. And, and I think really, um, yeah, it would be so easy to slip into being almost mm. a person that lives on their own and just does do everything that they want with the rhythm that they mm. want. Your camera isn't shrinking, is it lowering? It looks like it's got lower since this started. I don't yeah. think so. Oh, okay, good. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I do think that there's a tendency to want everything and we feel entitled to have everything. Um, I mean, apparently 10% of adults in the Western world, so US, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Western Europe, um, live, you know, live, live, live together but apart, which I thought was quite I a surprising think, amount. I think, yeah, I think but what would be interesting to look into, because of course it's a ludicrous... You know, I mean, how many people would actually be able to do this? This does sound like very spoiled first world sort of problems. Yeah. But so I suppose the good, the interesting thing to investigate was, is, is um, what, if one were to do this, what would it be that we would want from that? And then you try and find a way to have that while still living with each other and being married. Brilliant question. And Nadia Sawal off the telly asked the questions that others fear to ask. And I think you're right. Why was, okay, well, let's look at why was my, why did this article snag my attention? And I was thinking... Yeah. What would appeal to you about it? Well, what would appeal to me about it? What I'd be looking for in it and what I'd like, and, and this is about not, what I'm not looking for in it is more time on my own necessarily. Although, you know, the idea is sometimes that you're in your own thoughts. I mean, mm. I do think... That's something I do think I'd fam- like. Yeah, and I think family life is more responsible for that than just couple life. But, you know, the idea that your own internal thought processes and your own internal pace you know we work together a lot and maybe there's a whole podcast on that you know how, how you work together it's very difficult to live and cohabit closely with someone who you love and you like and you respect and yet you want to move at a very different pace that's neither slower nor faster it can be on a sort of tangential way it can be in a parallel way it can be doing two things at once or it might be doing well the same. you're a night owl which i always was all my life and i am i'm a lark i'm not a lark yeah lark what's the one that wakes up in the morning yeah i'm a lark and you're a night owl and i think this is um you know a a, a situation that a lot of people find themselves mm, in mm. and nobody is wrong and nobody is right you know we're born with that apparently it's just you're born with mm. which way you work around so that is something that i think would be a 
um, definitely be a, a bonus if one was looking at what would be the things that would be, mm. you know, attractive about living apart, is that you would be feel great about staying up till two, three o'clock in the morning, reading or working or watching whatever you want. And you wouldn't be thinking, oh God, actually, this is bad. I should be going to bed. Because I think what happens in a relationship, there's so many shoulds that come into everything. Mm. And as we both know, any therapist, no matter what kind of therapist they are, whether it's a psychologist, a CBT, always says to take that word out of your life, which I've always found uh, yeah. incredibly confusing but if I'm re- because I don't know what word to put in place. I'm going to be, I mean, this is going to sound a bit contentious and it's not meant to be, but, it, you know, I suppose that's the point of these chats. I mean, the night owl thing has increased and I think it necessarily increases in a relationship. I've been a very, you know, nighttime is also the time that other things happen, sort of talking around it for the kids. But, you know, and when that contingent diminishes or removes itself from family life, as it necessarily does, one just has to kind of grow up and get on with this. And at the grand old age of 49, I'm only just accepting that. Um, Nighttime is a very different prospect. So where it might be a time where you, you come together and it's where you have your only private time within a family situation, because it's a family dynamic, I'm more and more getting to the point of thinking, actually, you have a family and private intimate time kind of just disappears, hmm. really. I mean, it's a fact. Yeah, unless, so parking unless you, that to one no, 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 side, that is you, where we're at, that you are a night out and I'm a lark. So that would be one of the things... No, 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 I know, but what I'm trying to say is that's why that's developed. That's why that's developed. And in that development, we have now got into totally different sort of, what are they called, body clocks, diurnal mm. rhythms. Circadian rhythms. Circadian rhythms and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I've tried it a couple of times where I'll go up to bed and I'll just lie there wide awake, just sort of staring at the wall. And then no, I'm no, sort of... no, 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 you're, you're losing the point here. You're getting offended by no, the no, fact that I've said you're not. I'm just saying... Not offended. But, no, we're talking about what would be the... What would be I'm the, not offended. No, what would be the things that we would love about living apart? And yeah. that would be one of the things that I could get up. Say, for instance, I like to get up early. I like to love, love the sun in the morning. I'd like to... Op- like... If I'd got up this morning and I could have opened those windows, I could have put some music on, I could have sung a bit, I could have... I can't do that because that would be really selfish. There's people asleep, you know, and that's that's part of working out how to live together, that you can't just do whatever you want, that part of loving somebody is is accepting that you have... You know, you have different ways of life. I'm a very sociable person. I would... You know, I would like to have people around a lot more. I'd like to have people over to dinner. I'd like to have people popping in for cups of tea. You're not sociable in that way. And that's just the differences in us. Again, that's something we just have to work out within our marriage, which we do. But if we lived apart... You'd be able to do that more. That would be something that I would do. I would do more because it'd be like, okay, I can have you. I won't have to think about what time you're leaving or whether that's irritating my kids or my husband or my uh, other relatives. It'd be just, I'm just doing what I want to do. And again, I think that would just start to break down the marriage because, because you're why, just why? doing because, what because you want to well, do. I was going to say, but do you not think, so imagine being in that situation, say we, to do, we were to do this as a test. Within one or two weeks, you might be in a position where you're thinking, oh my God, I love this. This is the life I always want. So I do think that, you know, you've got, to enter, you've got, to, enter, you've got to enter into this yeah. guardedly because if you do it, what are you really, what are you really entering into it for? To be able to flex your single muscles, single life. I mean, well, you're exactly. Single that's what I mean. That's what. That's why I said I think what it is is people wanting the best of both worlds, and it's like you're not single once you're married. You're married, and marriage, whether we like it or not, is about compromise. So you compromise a lot 
what you want to be and how you want to be and how you want to live. I compromise a lot on how I want to be and how I want to live. And that is a big part of marriage. That's why it's such a serious thing to get married. That's why there are things like these podcasts, because it's not easy to fit in with another person. Mm. And as we know, you know, people that we know that do live on their own and you actually see what that's like, of Anyone that lives on, on their own, it's going to become more rigid. It's going to mm. become more about what's best for me, what works for me. Whereas when you're married, you'll go, okay, yeah, I really want to go to, mm, okay, this friend of mine wants to come and hang out and stay the night. Well, that's a bit difficult because Mark will be coming in at two and da, 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 and the kids might have their friends over. That's a family mm. relationship. It's not about going... Okay, yeah, all come and stay the night. Well, what about it's when the kid? What about when the kids aren't madness. there and you're just a couple? Because I mean, in a sense, that's the shirt. This, this, this inter- same thing. This intercepts the whole Shirley Valentine concept, doesn't it? And the idea that actually the the I think the age group that women most often separate or or, or not not for to find another relationship necessarily, but to, in order to divorce is in their mid to late fifties. Apparently, mm. there's more and more people separating, and that's why there's a an increase in suicide amongst men because there's more and more men who've kind of curtailed their social. And it's funny when I look at those statistics and I think to myself, well, God forbid, you know, if the sword of Damocles came down and our relationship was over, I would find myself in that disorientating position mm. where I don't have a big social framework and I'd be you know that much older okay I'm that a little bit younger than you and and so I suppose you know you just saying that about compromise that in a sense goes to the heart of how what a problem marriage is or a difficult marriage is it is all about compromised marriage but mm. the problems in a marriage is when each couple for member of the couple feels that the other one's compromising more than the other and therein lies the problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the case with us. I think we both compromise. Mm. I think we both do. I don't think one compromises more than the other. Obviously, there's going to be days or minutes or certain situations. But I think as a whole, when I look at our marriage as a whole, yeah. I don't think one compromises more than the other. I think we just compromise, in obviously, in different areas. Yeah. Um, but I definitely... Definitely, I can think of a number of people that I know where there's so little compromise yeah. between them. And people will, it's, I think it's, I think in a way, sometimes it's, it's more difficult. It, it can be confusing for women. I think why a lot of women, why more women will be fed up and leave maybe in their 50s and mid 50s is that they may feel, just by just by the way that the world is, is that, you know, women do look after, they are more of the caregivers, they are looking after the kids. And, you know, there can be a confusion, a blur of where was I compromising, mm. as one should compromise in a caring relationship, and where was I being a doormat because Taking I'm a advantage woman. advantage of. Yeah. And I think that that can become mm. very confusing. Um I mean, there's somebody that we know, and there should be no names, and he talks all the time about how his wife does absolutely nothing. I mean, he's terribly jolly about it and lovely, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But he says, oh, no, my wife wouldn't do that. Oh, no, my wife wouldn't do that. Uh, and we kind of laughed at it at the beginning, but now it's like, oh, my God. Does your wife care about you at all? Oh, I see. And yeah, sometimes absolutely. people are like, I'm not compromising because I'm very strong and I know exactly what I like and that. I know exactly what I want out of life and I'm not going to be controlled or, or suppressed by my partner. And I think that isn't a relationship that I would want well, to be. Well, if I'm really honest, 
guys, if you're listening or watching, that's where I feel very privileged to have the wife that I have because I do think you are very unusual in that you manage to, I don't mean deliver like contractually, that sounds horrible, but you manage to deliver on the sort of nurturing elements without having a sort of contractual clause at the back of it that says this is for this long and in this way and I need this back on these terms. Because I have been in relationships where my sense of a relationship is always this. You're like a, it's like a mini business and everyone is bringing their own assets as well as their own skills. And it sounds contractual. Yeah. You know what I am? I'm a confident feminist. Oh, I like that. I'm a confident feminist in that... um, I think I'm a, you know I am? I'm a passionate lesbian. (laughs) Because I love women. I'm a confident feminist in that I know what sort of woman I am, Mm. I have, and what I want. I have clear boundaries on what what I accept and what I won't accept. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to be a caregiver. I don't think being a caregiver in any way Mm. um, reduces my feminist credentials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I want to iron, if I iron a shirt for you, that's you, because you I care about you. And yeah, you, you might... haven't fallen into the, what's it called? The trad, hashtag trad wives no. trap. No, no. Are, and I think that yeah. a lot of people might come into a relationship just thinking that. Um, but, but we are lucky in that we happily sort of fall into a 50-50 thing. We've never laid any rules and regulations out about that. We just kind of just like well, take fashion. Well, that was brought up by a mentalist feminist as well. But here's one of the other details, is that although there's a sort of 10% of adults in the Western world, and that's a huge number, are, are living like this, a, a huge section of that, if not, I'm not sure if it's a majority, but a huge section of that 10% of the Western world are doing it, are feeling anxiety and fear about the relationship as a motivator to living separately. So uh, to get a grab on that, you know, a lot of families or a lot of couples where perhaps one half of the partnership feels that the one partner is mm. living dangerously, drinking too much, mm. potentially abusive, controlling, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're talking in the very first world glossy kind of, oh, yes, there's a choice. I wonder if I could live in a sort of little apartment in London and you could yeah. do you know, Forget that. What about if you're in a, in a crunch situation, oh, living with an addict who you love? Let's not face it. And just because someone's an addict doesn't put them in the category of yeah. not lovable. Yeah. Uh, they, they can be, behaving yeah. can be not lovable. So... You know, in that instance, I would say there's a very real consideration yeah. for separating yeah. in order to get back together. So I do think it can be a yeah. stopgap solution. I think if you're in danger, and I, I, I think it's rare that people that separate get back together again. I That's think when you separate, I think there's you, been a couple of occasions we nearly did. Yeah, I think we would have made it if we'd separated because I think that we do actually love each other. I think that. We become intolerable to each mm. other, like like you know a lot of people do. But well, I think, we... but I think if you're in a complete yeah. crisis mm. and you separate, I mean that's another whole discussion. What about separations that aren't born out of a crisis? Yes. If you say, you know what? Say for instance, you said, oh, my mate down the road is going off to New Zealand for a couple of months. She's looking for a house sitter. Yeah. And either one of us went and sat, did a house sitting as an experiment. What do you think might happen for our relationship? We know this is this isn't out of a crisis. Coming back in two months, but having two months breathing space where you're living more as two single married people. 
Uh, what do I think would happen? Yeah. Well, I think, interestingly, I think even though we want to be together, I think... We want to be together. No, I, I, think, I, think, oh God, I just... think laziness, and I don't mean laziness as in sitting around idle, I mean laziness with checking one's own behaviour kicks in. I think. No, it... but no, I, but it's only two months and you know it's an experiment. I... What do you think that you would want to investigate within that experiment we take it for granted that we're not going to get lazy this is something we're going to do to see how it affects mm. our relationship and what might we do to know that at the end of that two months we're going to be in a better position what 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 would you what would you want to do i don't know you jump in first because i'm trying to get a grasp well, of what I you're think, asking so like so this is what i've been so this would have been my uh the the um the agreement okay you're going to live separately too this could maybe be a tv program you're going to live separately for two months Okay. Your marriage is not in crisis, yeah. right? You love each other, yeah. um, and you're definitely coming back together on the third of March. Sure. No questions about that. How would you use that time? What would you do within that time that you think would improve your relationship for when you come back on the third of March? So I would, off the top of my head, I would think, okay, I'm going to really. Um, rigorously go through what are the things that I think I can't do because yeah. I'm in this relationship. Yeah. Obviously not not anything that would be deemed oh, well, outside I, 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 of I was thinking of taking an immense amount of cocaine, getting strippers in and just having the time of my life. And then just not telling anyone. Yeah, I mean, that would be an option. Um, and then, um, so what are the things that I... Okay, so the things are that I would actually love to uh because i'm really into my meditation at the moment i would love to get up open the windows listen to music say how gorgeous it is sit outside listen to the birds do my meditation do a stretch lie around and read all these things mm. that we and you all have all the same oh i want to read i want to do all these mm. things so i would really actively do that and make myself yeah. do that every day yeah. so that maybe that could then be a habit because it's like in addiction therapy, isn't it? When they talk about geographicals, it's not really the problem with your geography; it's the problem within yourself. Well, you, you're you not get, finding you a way somewhere else, to but you're do there. it or to correct it. Yeah. So I would get into a real rhythm that hopefully then I could bring back into a family space and do it. So it's not something that I can't do because you said I can't do it. In fact, at the end of the day, I'm saying I can't do it. Um, I would make an effort to think about dates and where we would go on a date and make the effort to get dressed up for a date and make more of an effort. Because I think everybody listening to this in a long marriage knows that you go on a date, you're both heading out together, you've usually been finishing off stuff right until the minute you go. There's no thought of like, oh, I'm meeting up with mm. Mark. Oh, I'm meeting up with... Oh, here she comes mm. walking down the street. Doesn't she look lovely? I think those are mm. <clears throat> things that are really missed within a relationship. Mm. Um, I would be more sociable in my own space. Mm -hmm. And then I would think about how I could make that work within my marriage. Sounds really nice, doesn't it? I bet you're wishing you could do it. I, I would, <laughs> and I think what, what the other thing to think about is what would you also ask, yeah. what would you want out of your partner yeah. to be doing with that time that you're away? And I suppose, God, I'm thinking on my feet here. What would be good is if one both made the list mm. of what one was planning to do within that two months and you let the other person have the list of what your plans mm. were so that also that partner could be thinking about 
how they might be able to make this that was, work. This, this was the proposal we pitched. Was it? Yeah, this was exactly the proposal. Admittedly, we were going for families that were in a more crisis-based yeah. situation. Yeah. But everything you've but just... isn't it interesting, because when you were saying earlier on, you know, everything has to be a crisis. Why does everything yeah. have to be a crisis? I think it's really nice to ponder on, this isn't out no, of no, a No, 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 absolutely This agree. is like, what is it when people go into work and they have those things? Appraisals? Focus group. No, no, when you go in and, and yeah, your appraisals. boss tells you... Yeah, an appraisal. Yeah, an appraisal. So it's like a, a, a marriage appraisal. Like a, a, How are we doing? Yeah, and this yeah. would be like an, a, a marriage away day, except it would be an away two months. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, as you describe all of those things, a sort of small... We've had two small examples offered us of, of that happening. Me going into rehab for a month was an enforced... But that was in the middle of a terrible crisis. And then the one time you went, I can't remember where you went, body camp or somewhere, and you you really got plugged into a different way of wiring and thinking. And I remember on both those instances in two very different ways, and so there's no portioning of blame, I'm just just describing stuff here. When you came back from Ibiza, I could see all of the things that you'd experienced and put into place and that you wanted to carry on here. And what I felt to an element was that what happened after you came back was an an increasingly agitative part to our relationship where you were struggling to enact what you wanted to do because of the life of here and I ended up feeling a little bit like we were the things pulling you down equivalently when I came and and so consequently that's a danger isn't it you get all that freedom you do for two months you try and get back in let me use the other example too can I just answer that example first though in case it goes too far I think what's wrong with what 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 what's within that was that I went away not knowing at all what was going to happen. Mm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So my, I was enlightened to a lot of new ways of thinking yeah. and new ways of being, which of course you guys knew nothing about. But I ended up so feeling f- very slow and yeah. Weak. So for instance, when I came back and I was like, "Oh my God, I've been thinking in such a negative way about everything," mm. and a big part of what was taught and I learnt there was that the more negative thinking you have, the more negative things are. And as is the way with a family, you know, I was like, oh, well, what's the positive way that we can think about? And I can see how that would be very annoying for a family that hasn't been away for the week. And so everyone's going, oh, God, if we have to hear one more time about I don't want to think positively. Quite right. I would be the same if somebody went away and then came back with that. I'd be like, what's she going on about? But what would be, but what would be, But what would be different if you're doing this is that you would... You'd be saying to each other sure. what it was. So, you, so you'd both be investigating Absolutely. that different thing that your partner's talking about. So I think it would be a different thing. It would be different, but it presupposes that when you go into something like this, these are all your targeted aims, but as is the way. So you, you go into it, yeah, but other things will come up. You, yeah, know, you yeah. go into a marriage I mean, so thinking it would, it it's... It wouldn't work. No, no, you go into a marriage thinking it's one thing, and what you discover, guys, if you haven't got yeah. married, is marriage is I mean, this is a different. totally ludicrous the hypothetical. Other, yeah, is it, no, but these, I'm just looking at where we've had experience of it. The other place that we had experience was when I went into Reef and back and obviously that's different that is a that was a crisis point but it was a four-week separation and they often talk about we're a family blighted if you like with uh, blighted and blessed with addiction because it solved so many problems for us actually recognizing it um when i came back into family life after the sort of in, in inverted commas a bit like you with your body camp in, you know after the sort of artificial purity <laughs> of kind of self-care and thinking of how you can do da 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 I've never walked into more of a madhouse because, I mean, you know, we were all living oh, even close. Really you were in a bad way, but yeah. the families were even more enmeshed and it was all just... 
And I remember coming out thinking, I remember when, I they, they, when they used to say things like, what, look, and I remember them pre-warning me, almost like we were sort of sitting on the edge of a, of a helicopter about to jump with our parachute. So four weeks now sober, you're going into the real world. I was petrified. I remember that day leaving, like, oh my God, I don't want to be codependent on this place. I want to re-. And as I sort of fell forward into mm. the world, in my ears was them saying, a lot of people don't want to go back to what they came from. Mm. It's the only way you can survive. And that, I'm not saying we've worked it out. We've worked out our ways, but it's very hard. It's very hard to have a taste of something that's right, that's absolutely right for you. Because what could be absolutely right for you, however good your relationship is, because you're making it good, could be something completely opposite. And that's my worry with this idea. But that's an interesting example, isn't it? One comes out of rehab. And I think this is, if anyone's listening, that has a partner in rehab or whatever... But because I, you know, a lot of the partners of the people in rehab, of course, <clears throat> there'll have been so much firefighting up oh, and towards that. And then they go into rehab and the partner is left like reeling and disorientated yeah. because there's been so much suppression of what's gone on. And maybe, you know, oh, sorry, I'm just going to have a glass of water. I'll just do a dance. <clears throat> um, and it's interesting, isn't it, that, that you were told, you know, a lot of you might go back and you might feel that it's not right for you. Yeah. But what they're kind of saying is either leave or suppress that feeling that it's not right for you and push through. And when are you supposed to suppress a feeling that something isn't right? Where is the line of just being... Where's the line of being selfish and being self? I don't think they were saying Self-preservation. That. Yeah, I agree. Self-preservation. Because I would have said, actually, if I'd been your friend, I would have said to you, don't go back. Don't go back for a while mm. because there's carnage there. I mean, mm. I was probably the worst that I've ever been after you guys. I remember I tried to give up smoking at the same time. Mm. And it was very, very dire. You know, it was, I had lots of anger and lots of... Um, and actually the right thing would have been for you not to move back in. Mm. I probably, that would have been the best time for us to separate for a mm. while. We probably mm. would have been there to readjust. I mean, I but have it a... it is a similar, yeah, similar I, thing as the Ibiza thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is very much You so. come in with something new. Yeah. And it's like, but and everything's just like And also the, there's, an element of, and there's an element of resentment from those into, in, you know, it's like, all right, all right, you've been away. You've managed to fucking find the meaning of yeah, life. Yeah, well, exactly. we haven't. We've just been getting on with day-to-day No, but that's life. why this idea of two, double separation yeah, is quite good. Yeah. It's quite good. So I, would, I wonder whether it is something... I, I might revisit as a, this as a programme idea. I just think it's very rich. I think, it, yeah. you know, the idea that you separate to stay together. I just think it could be very... very ten- I mean, you know... Please let us know in the comments yeah. below if you've done anything similar. It'd be really interesting. Have you had them for separation? Did you do it? Did any, has, anyone, has anyone ever done this? Mm. Not firefighting. Not out of a crisis, but just like... Let's have a little, little shake-up and a little... Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of this, let's not forget, right across the globe, the dire, dire straits that so many people live in and in the most cramped and difficult situations. Let me give you an interesting statistic. And we are statistic. so lucky yeah. to live the way that we live Let me in give you an interesting statistic. On the planet, 70% of the people living on this planet, so what is the population of the planet now? 9 billion, 12 billion, whatever it is. 70% do not have a recognised postal address. Mm. That means, and this is through DHL or FedEx or whatever, that means that 70% don't have a fixed, recognisable home. 
that just puts it into so this little so this little this is trip a very into first world a hypothetical but you know we are in the but first world but we are world. in the first world so we can't apologise so for sorry, that so sorry we're going to keep talking about this shit yeah we, we can't apologise for that but I just think it's quite interesting I, I, th- I like to do extreme mm. hypotheticals and just because it like stirs things up and makes you just question it's not things not that extreme I've booked into a hotel for at least six weeks I'm going now Woo! Girls' night. 